0: Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by HipstersOfTheCoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at Patreon.com slash Leaving a Legacy. Magic is power. Leaving a Legacy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Leaving a My name is Patrick, I am back, and I'm your legacy newbie with me this week as always, Mr. Jerry, me. What's up, Jerry? Not much, Pat, not much. How are you doing? Man, I am, I'm doing great, man. I'm doing really well. It's been, the weather up here has been gorgeous. Uh, Had some time off from work, so I've been spending some time with the kids, and uh, it's been great, man. I've been enjoying myself, watching some magic streams, and just having a good time. What about you?
1: Oh, same old, you know, just... uh Playing Magic Online as my uh, only legacy outlet. Uh, I did recently join a uh, pre-modern Discord, though, so I'm looking to get some more uh, pre-modern gameplay in. I I found that... Uh, through this Discord, they actually organize uh, pre-modern MTGO tournaments. Since there isn't mm-hmm. a pre-modern like, setting on Magic Online, they kind of have to ad hoc it. But, mm-hmm. you know, just another chance to play some some sweet old school formats.
0: Well, I'm sure if you uh, talk to your boy Gavin, he can figure something <laughs> out for you. Seems, he seems to bend to your every whim. So.
1: I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But Pat is hinting at uh, earlier today the uh, new promos got spoiled. And... We're getting old frame oh. uh, power cards uh, printed. Uh, the one that was spoiled was a uh, Chalice of the Void. So
0: in the classic, can we
1: talk about classic brown, the classic. Oh, brown. so
0: <laughs> it looks so good. Can we just talk? Because I've obviously we've obviously never seen Chalice of the Void in like the typical, like the old school artifact border. Jerry, can you please tell people real quick before we we have a great guest? He's waiting in the wings, but I just want you to tell them the story of that of how that. That conversation first started with Gavin way back at GP Seattle, like what was it, two, three years ago, maybe now? Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, oh, no, it wasn't GP Seattle, Pat. It oh, was, wasn't it uh, SeaTac? No, it was HasCon. It was HasCon in 2017.
0: Oh, that's right. That's I still have my badge from that from that event actually
1: yeah so that's that's actually where we met Gavin and it was one of the first things we talked about and then we definitely had follow up conversations at like GP Seattle
0: and mm-hmm. yeah
1: basically like every time Gavin and I have hung out this conversation has come up about you know
0: <laughs>
1: players want old border frame cards Watsy mm-hmm. knows that players want old border frame cards the question is is how do they do it since the old border frame cards don't have the security features that the new printings do, namely the Mm hollow stamp. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we would go back and forth and he's like, well, what if we like print the old frame, but then we just add the hollow stamp at the bottom and everyone's like, no, that's ugly. You can't do that. No half
0: measures. No half measures. (laughs) All in or all out.
1: Right. And he's like, well, then I don't know if we can do it because it's a security concern and going back and forth. And finally today they revealed it. They're like, you know what? We're just printing it. Old border cards. Here you go.
0: And yep. yeah, they look absolutely gorgeous. Oh, the chalice looks so good. Usually, I, I'm surprised because I'm not, I'm not usually an art guy. I don't really care so much about the aesthetics of cards. But when I saw that chalice, I'm like, man, that looks really good. That looks really good. So for me to be moved must must mean a lot. <laughs>
1: Definitely. And I'm interested to see what other uh, cards they are because that was yeah. a big thing Gavin and uh, discussed with us a lot. Is you know what cards do you actually want to see get the old border treatment?
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping it's nothing from Blu Ray Delver because I don't want to have to go out and buy a bunch more of my because I buy them all in Japanese and I don't have to buy more Japanese Delver cards. I
1: think the but, one that came up that people really wanted uh, in Old Border was uh, Ponder and Preordain.
0: Oh. That would be cool. <laughs> I mean, I would buy those. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about preordained, but I could definitely see Ponder getting the treatment
0: like that. Yeah. Ponder could do it. I think even Delver Secrets would be cool. Yeah. Delver Secrets in, in would be cool, In that old too. school border. But so.
1: I don't want to go too into that, Pat, because. Uh, no, no, no. We can do that next week.
0: We do that next we're week. We're going to have
1: Gavin on the cast uh, either next week or the week after, depending on how schedules work out. So he, awesome. can, he can talk in depth uh, more. But it was just an awesome to see them spoil that today. Absolutely. We do have an even awesomer guest today, Pat. Awesomer? Okay, awesomer. we'll go with that. It's it's yeah. a word. Look it up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of old school cool, uh we have from 90s MTG uh Mr. Chris Panucci. How are you doing?
2: What's up guys? I'm super happy to be on Leaving a Legacy. I listen to the podcast all the time and never thought i would be on it you know that's like a cliche people people say that when they're on the jimmy fallon show or something never thought i'd be on the podcast so i'm super happy yeah. to be here
1: jimmy fallon actually sends that to me all the time yeah. and i say you never will jimmy you never will yeah.
2: <laughs> literally never will yeah
1: <laughs> but yeah it's it's great having you on especially with this announcement coming out with with the old school cards but just to give people kind of a quick rundown, Chris, let people know you know who you are and, and what 90s MTG is.
2: Yeah, at, you were talking about all the old cards that they're putting out in old borders and stuff. It feels like the timing of having me on the podcast is just so perfect. But yeah. <laughs> you guys planned this perfectly. We're, we're professionals yeah. like that. <laughs> you synced up with Wizards release dates and everything. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, Wizards actually sends us their release dates for the next actual three years. <laughs> we just have a really strict NDA. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, so I I started playing Magic in 1995. Uh, my my older cousin taught me how to play. My first cards were Fourth Edition, Ice Age, Chronicles, Homelands, Fallen Empires. Bought a lot of Homelands packs. I love that set. Um, I've joked about that a lot on the on our streams. And 90s MTG, we we started um, filming matches at our local shop here in New York City, Gamestoria, and kind of evolved from there because I was posting the videos on YouTube and then they were posted to Reddit and people liked them. So I was like, all right, we'll do more of this. And, uh, then with the COVID-19 situation, we weren't able to go to the shop anymore. And, um, Roland Chang actually is the one who was the ringleader in getting us on streaming. And I know how to, you know, work the equipment and cameras and whatnot. So I was like, all right, let's, let's do some streaming. So we've been streaming for the past, How many months now is it? It's crazy. Time is just (laughs) flying by, but we started in roughly mid-April with streaming, and, and now it looks like we'll be streaming forever, so... <laughs> so that's where we are. It's one of
0: those things where, like, you get some momentum behind it, like a project that's for fun, and then it's like, oh man, this is like something I really have to put a lot of time and effort into when you don't expect it. That's great. Yeah. yeah.
1: And, then it, and then it goes over the hill, and you're like, oh, now I'm just going downhill and I can't stop if I wanted to. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: It's, too, it's
1: just
0: too much momentum.
2: It's, it's kind of like magic was always my hobby. Obviously, it was never my job. Um, but working on video content was my job. And now that I get to make magic video content, like, all the time, I'm, I just feel so much happier. <laughs> like, it's just, like, the, my most that's favorite awesome. thing I've ever worked on. Honestly, it, it's, a lot of, it's been a lot that's of That's amazing.
1: Now that, yeah, that's awesome. So, so as your day job, you, you did do, like, video content producing. So it was kind of natural for you to fall into it. It was just combining your hobby with your day job, basically.
2: Yeah, yeah. And it, it was, in a weird way, forced by the unfortunate situation we're all in right now at least in the sense that I was idle for a while. Like, work was really slow. Here in New York City, everything was shut down. Nobody's shooting TV shows. Nobody's shooting mm-hmm. uh, movies. And, you know, um, the, the, the industry I'm in is really slow right now. So I needed a creative outlet, and I kind of already had one in 90s MTG. So I just focused on it and really put all my time and effort into making it a thing, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Awesome. And now, so you guys do every Monday night. Is it is it Monday or is there any other days of the week that you also do?
2: Yeah. So Monday nights, we do our um, you pick the format show where the, the audience votes and we play whatever they want. And most of the time it's been legacy. Um, and then Wednesday, we have our championship bracket show where mostly uh, local players that I know, but we've invited on a bunch of special guests as well. To play kind of a, a competitive legacy tournament Wednesday nights, and that's been a lot of fun. Where we we have a champion mm-hmm. kind of king of the hill who um, keeps the title week to week and has to defend it. You know, um, I think that's the show that the audience has the mo- had the most fun with too, because of the um, the com- you know we're playing competitive, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Paper competitive magic just doesn't exist right now. And we're giving them as mm-hmm. close to that experience as as we can. Awesome. Yeah, that's fantastic.
1: It, it is true. I mean, there just isn't that paper competitive outlet right now. Um, and people are definitely hungry for it. Uh, you actually, so I was on 90s MTG probably like two months ago, I want to say now.
2: Oh, so long, uh, long, time is really. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that's crazy. Uh, playing uh, pre-modern, and that was an o- that was an awesome experience. So yeah, on Monday nights, like you said, you did the pick the format where uh, people are voting for their different formats. What are the formats available that people can choose from?
2: So we've done re- really. We'll do whatever. Like if the, if the audience tells us to play standard singleton <laughs> popper or whatever, we'll we'll, we'll try it out. Um, we're, we're just having fun, but we've done a ton of legacy. Legacy wins the poll almost every week. Which is probably why I'm here on the show. And, uh, <laughs> and uh,
0: what do you think that is? What do you think that, why do you, it's surprising to me sometimes because there's so much other magic yeah. that's, that's being played elsewhere. But when it comes to paper streams, it seems like legacy is always the one that people are clamoring for. And I'm just curious if you've kind of gotten a, fe- or, like, a feeling as to why that is.
2: Well, I think we started with legacy. Like when, when I first made the channel, we were just strictly uploading legacy. This is before COVID, before streaming. Um, Mm -hmm. almost every video we had was legacy. There was a few, maybe we did like cube or something, but, um, so we just built a legacy audience and, um, Mm -hmm. I think our audience still to this day is just mostly legacy enthusiasts. Gotcha. But, um, but we've also done vintage. And like I said yesterday for the first time, well, this week for the first time we did modern, um, Mm -hmm. we did a pre-modern a bunch of times, I guess legacy fans like pre-modern. I guess there's a lot of overlap there um
1: it, re- it reminds us of simpler times yeah yeah yeah
2: and then <laughs> and then one week this was super fun we did tribal wars do you either of you remember huh. tribal wars from magic online
1: nope is, is that when like your deck has to all be the same like creature type
2: yeah so you have to have 20 is it 20 yeah 20 creatures in your deck that share a creature type and then there's no sideboards and there's like a few extra cards that are banned. Like we banned, for example, plague engineer because it would just be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Oh sure. Um, or engineered plague. <laughs> engineered plague is also banned. And there's a few others. Like moat is really unfun in that format because nobody could really attack it. But um, yeah,
1: unless you're playing the uh, the bird soldier tribe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. But that was a lot
2: of fun too. Uh, I I definitely recommend checking out our tribal wars episodes. <laughs> If people want something different to watch,
0: awesome,
1: awesome. So this really was just like you got you were just uploading videos from your local card shop, and like, how did you make the jump to being like a, a professional style, uh, you know, content producer? Like, was it overnight? Did it slowly build upon itself? Like, how did that come about?
2: Um, for for '90s MTG, you mean or just in general? Yeah,
1: yeah, yep, yep.
2: Um, yeah, for '90s MTG, it, w- it was definitely just the the COVID-19 shutting everything down that made me feel like I should dedicate a lot of time and energy to the project and hopefully it'll take off. But I mean, I started making video content, not about magic, uh, more than 10 years ago. Now I've I've been self-employed for 10 years working on all kinds of content for all different things. That's just my day job. Um, so kind of applying those skills to a magic gathering channel has been fun nice
1: and and a market you feel like one of the big concerns people people always have is one magic is a niche game and then you're choosing legacy uh and others as well but mostly legacy which is a niche subgenre of an already niche game do you do you ever feel like you know maybe there's a cap on on the market there
2: Yeah, it's something that I'm still trying to figure out, to be honest, but I think my approach of being a more, let's put it this way, I want to take the players who are playing Arena for the first time this coming week, and for those people to be my audience in a couple of months, you know what I mean? I want to take new players who started playing Magic a year ago, five years ago, ten years ago, who don't play Legacy, and kind of just take them into Magic's past, and I think that's the 90s Magic brand. It's not necessarily about, you know, although we have competitive matches on our channel, it's not really about, you know, Delver versus Depths matchup sideboard guide. We're not really that intense. It's more just like Mm -hmm. the old cards were cool too. Like, let's see them in action. And, you know, I think newer players get a kick out of seeing someone resolve him to Torak or something. (laughs) You know, like they don't have cards like that anymore and uh the reserve list is like this wonder you know um so i i hope that the style that i'm that i'm keeping the show um focused on of making it accessible and easy to understand for newer players will make them want to watch mm-hmm. as well and i think there's plenty of people out there watching magic content that that's for sure there's True. definitely mm-hmm. enough True. people who tune into, you know, all the big streamers. They're playing standard. They're playing historic. They're playing they're drafting Ikoria, whatever. Um, but I think those people are also curious about Magic's Past. And and Magic's Past, even to the players who who have been playing for a long time, it they feel like the Magic's Past is consistently being swept under the rug or like, you know, being mm. forgotten about. But People forget about Commander, too. Commander is the biggest Eternal format. Like, I would love to do Commander str- uh, streams with 90s MTG. If We could get, like, a bunch of Commander people together and play. Um, I don't know if our audience would want that. You know, I'm going to make them vote for it. But, <laughs> but um, Playing Commander is fun. Yeah, for Watching sure. Watching
1: Commander is brutal. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I, I mostly agree. But I think the, the audience that plays Commander, and there are many of them, We'll check us out because we're we're accessible and we make. Mm-hmm. I try my best to make the games easy to understand and not feel like I'm not Reed Duke, so I will never understand what's going on. You know, at least I try. Can you, can you
0: talk <laughs> about that a little bit? Well, how what what, what kind of steps do you make? Do you, what kind of steps do you take to make the games easier to understand? Is it, is it like the play by play you do kind of thing or?
2: Yeah, that I try not to be too. Descriptive, almost. Like I try not to walk through very complex lines, and I try to just dumb everything down as as much as I can. Mm -hmm. And and it's not because I don't think people can can pick up on you know the 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 strategies of a lands deck or something like that. It's just because they're not used to seeing the the sequencing of you know uh, the games. For I'll give you an example. Uh, We we had recently lands versus Delver on stream, and I found it very mm-hmm. hard to describe what was going on, because I was trying not to be like, well, you're siding out days, because of, you know, I was just trying to be um, as simple as possible, comparing all the cards to new cards that people know, like mm-hmm. um, I know a lot of uh, standard players are playing against ramp decks right now, like with growth spiral mm-hmm. and stuff like that, so I was trying to relate all of that, and you know, hmm. I, I'm still trying to figure it out, but I'm just trying my sure. best to have someone who only plays arena, who only plays standard, be able to watch our streams and get what's going on and appreciate how complex legacy is without losing mm-hmm. them and losing their interest.
0: Sure. And yep. Um, yep, that makes sense. You know,
2: I I even tune into, especially vintage. Like I tune into watch someone play vintage on MTGO. I'm lost half the time. Like time twisters mm-hmm. on the stack and I don't <laughs> understand what's going on. <laughs> you know, I don't even know what the end game is for these decks. I'm somewhere in the middle between a competitive player and a and a super casual, you know, um, kitchen table player. So I try I try mm-hmm. to like use my position to describe things to people that, you know, are maybe on the other side.
1: But that's true. I remember uh, when I was on, I think my favorite comment uh, from the stream was, uh, excuse me, I just tuned in, but did I hear you say bolt your swamp? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And,
2: that, and that's the kind of thing that makes, well, that was pre-modern, but these older formats yeah. kind, of, kind of beautiful in the way because you have these stupid things happen. And newer players can appreciate that. They're like, I've never seen somebody mm-hmm. bolt a swamp before. So, that, you know, so that's the kind of thing that um, I think we can share with them. I just want to take people back in time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try not to also, uh, and the other thing um, to answer Pat's question, I try not to make everything sound like, well, back in the '90s, magic was better. It's a shame. <laughs> Ever since Exelon, it's been downhill. You know, I I try to act like. Yeah, and Akoria is great, and um, I hope they do more mutate cards, and you know whatever. Like mm-hmm. just trying to try to um, be enthusiastic about what they like about Magic, you know. And yeah, I think you can't. Yeah, sorry.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I was just gonna say you can't be a bitter vet because yeah. if you're a bitter vet, all that does is ensure that the game shrivels and dies. Because if everything was better in the old days, why should I play this game that's a shell of its former self?
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah.
1: Or, like, if you put it off to be a shell of its former self.
2: Yeah, it's true. And um, also, like, uh, a good example of something we discussed on stream, the Amonkhet invocations. Amonkhet invocations to longtime players are not as popular but I feel like if I was a kid, like I was when I played Magic back in the 90s, if I was a kid today and I opened a pack of Amenket and I got an invocation card, it would blow my mind. It would be the, the mm. greatest. I would remember it for the rest of my life if I kept playing Magic, right? It was the most, most awesome thing. And we lose sight of that. We, we're kind of like, mm. if you're playing for a long time, you, you can't appreciate those things as much. So I try, to, I try to tap into that, you know?
1: I actually specifically run the Amenket invitations in... Uh... In my deck, because I like the uh, the mini aneurysm it gives my opponents <laughs> when they see it. It's a it's a strategic advantage.
2: <laughs> I have my I have my set of dazes. I use yeah, and chain lightnings. I like I love those.
1: Uh, it's all about the omniscience because your opponent always says like, "What's this card?" and like oh. well, ah, yeah, <laughs> and then they I realize for, what I it forgot is. there was an
2: omniscience. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I I I think I think a lot of longtime players just um. Th- their perspective is just different, and um mm. new players i mean it 's not really about the omic invocations, but they just appreciate all the things that is going on in magic today and and to get them to to want to be involved with legacy as even just as a spectator, strictly as a spectator, we have to like connect with them and tell mm. them that we also enjoy what they enjoy about magic, and hopefully hopefully that'll that will um, That was like the longest answer to your question way earlier, but hopefully <laughs> I'm building a bridge and these people will want to cross it. And and even if they don't play Legacy, they'll want to watch and they'll understand what's hmm. going on and they'll enjoy it. That's my hope. Yeah.
1: And honestly, that's in every Legacy player's best interest. You know, if you want Wizards to run more Legacy events, if you want there to be more Legacy focus and Magic, you need to put the numbers behind it. Yeah. And. Yeah. If you build a wall to new players, you're not gonna ever get those numbers.
2: Yeah, and I get it. It's tricky with paper. You know, um, cards are hard to come by. And e- even if you, even if you're a millionaire and you're like, I want to buy a Legacy deck, you still got to shop around, right? They're like, you, mm-hmm. you, you can't just go to any LGS and yeah, I'll get uh, four Underground Seas, four Tundras. You know, like you got to kind of look around a little bit or order online. Yep. Um, And there's some risks with that. So Legacy is a pain in the butt to get into. But Legacy may one day be on Arena. I I mean, one day. (laughs) Like maybe years and years down the road. But um, by then, I hope... Let's put it this way. By the time they have Legacy on Arena, whether it's five years from now, ten years from now, I hope all those people who have been dying to have Legacy on Arena, most of them will be inspired by watching our channel... (laughs) And listening to your podcast, <laughs> and and you know what I mean. It's going to be a whole new generation of legacy players, mm-hmm. rather than the the format just dies out and right you know, continues on the Definitely. downward spiral it's on right now in some way.
1: <laughs> so you know it's interesting here. You kind of focus on arena because you you choose the paper medium for your streams. You know, Magic Online does exist. You know, maybe it's it's not as pretty to look at as Arena, but it, it is still definitely serviceable, and a lot of people enjoy using it. Um, I'm just kind of curious, you know, w- was there any consideration as far as doing a digital platform instead of your paper platform that you have now?
2: Well, I guess the the biggest reason is I don't play much digital Magic. I personally... Just play paper. I play arena once in a while. I'll jam some games from Historic. I'll do a draft here and there. But I don't play it often at all. And it's really just... I think it's just because I sit in front of my computer a lot. And I just find it very hard to Mm -hmm. focus on a game of Magic when I'm on the computer. Mm -hmm. And Magic... like The reason why I like Magic the Gathering is because I get to go to the shop. And obviously we can't do that now. But I go to the shop and I play and I socialize. And I see people that I want to hang out with. It's it's a social thing for me, really. Um, mm-hmm. I don't get that from arena. Arena, I've had it happen where I'm playing arena, and like I'll get up to go get a drink of water, and it's the middle of my turn. I meant to come back down, but I get distracted by something. I start putting away laundry, <laughs> and then the, I I. Def- I conceded the game because I forgot I was playing. That's how little I care Mm. about the game when I'm playing on Arena. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I think it's just my personal taste. I just love paper magic. And it's not, Mm. you know, there's recently been that paper boomer thing. It's not a paper boomer thing. I just like socializing. Mm. I like talking to people about the game. Um, I don't think paper magic is better than digital magic. It's just more fun for me personally. Down the mm-hmm. road, I'm totally open to doing some digital. I've explored. I've, I've asked our audience, hey, would you, would you enjoy it if we did some historic on Arena one night? And the answer was hell no. So <laughs> we'll, we'll hold up <laughs> on that for now.
0: Um, oh, man. But
2: yeah, uh, good question, though. But yeah, I, I, I think it's just because I enjoy Paper Magic so much. I'm, I'm committed to keeping that alive for my sake, <laughs> almost selfishly yeah. right now.
0: It's funny to me the whole like the whole paper boomer like uh meme thing which I find to be first of all it's funny. Yeah. In, in in its essence it's it's funny, right? But um yeah, I like I I'm in a similar boat Chris. Like the thing that I tr- treasure most about magic is is the social aspect of it. You know, like yeah, like I can I have Arena on my computer. I haven't opened it in probably a, a, over a year at this point. And you know, I I could jam games all day, but like to me that's not what magic is about it's not really about how many games can i squeeze in, in in an hour and a half it's really about who are the people i'm choosing to spend my time with and i think that i think that kind of uh uh outlook comes with with age to be honest with you i think that the older that you get the more the more you have an appreciation for how precious your time is and how like I don't want to waste my time just like playing a video game. If I'm gonna spend if I'm gonna dedicate time out of my life, out of you know, the the finite amount of time that I have, I want there to be I want it to pay dividends and like I think when you're making when you're making memories and you're having laughs with people that, that those are those are the things that, that are, are worthwhile when it comes to playing paper magic versus like again with Arena or Magic Online, like it's just that 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 grind to me is just not it's not what I'm looking for in in the game, you know?
2: Yeah. I I think even the, the times where I put my deck in my deck box, went down to the whatever shop, and I uh, sat down. Nobody I knew was there, and I played a couple mm-hmm. rounds, and I lost all four rounds. Whatever it was, it was a it was a bad time in that sense. Mm-hmm. Like I still enjoy that more than playing digital magic. Like I still was yes. out and about. I still yes. could buy myself a, a, a nice tea and like watch somebody <laughs> else play for a little while. Mm. Mm -hmm. um i could do some trades if i have my binder on me you know like things like i Mm -hmm. I like that i like shuffling my cards i like sorting my my bulk commons (laughs) you know like i like the physical cards so much more
0: yeah oh yeah 100 you know definitely with like legacy players too we all have a tendency to well i wouldn't say i shouldn't say we all but many of us have a tendency to you know Aesthetically, make our deck pleasing to us aesthetically. So that that changes the the arts that you're playing. It changes, you know, some people collect languages some people are complete monsters and go with foils like Jerry you know is <laughs> you, you people like to change kind of because because you get a chance to do that in legacy you don't really get a chance to do that in a format like standard like the arts that are available are kind of the arts that are there there's not like a whole lot of customization you can do with your decks as well so i think that's part of it too is like on arena or or magic online like i can't do like my japanese og Polluted delta's and and flood strands i have to like play with like just english cards it is just just aesthetically it's just not as pleasing to me so and and also like when you're playing with those cards like it's also you know as you're playing with them you're like there's some kind of I think there's some kind of satisfaction in like knowing that you've you've gone to the lengths to get these cards that you have and I don't know to me it's um it's just a nice feeling playing with your, with your paper cards. And, like, I know when, when COVID first started and we couldn't go to LGS's, how much I really and, haven't... And I wish I had done more of it because I haven't done enough of it lately. But how much I actually enjoyed webcam magic more than I thought I would. Uh, simply because I was playing with people, talking to people, and, and playing with the cards that I've collected. I've gone through the process of finding these, these cards that I want. And, uh, and yeah, it's been, it's been nice that way.
1: That's something people forget is that uh, your magic... Not just your deck, but the whole picture is almost like an extension of yourselves. You know, there's customizing the deck like Pat says, but also like the deck box you choose, people will mm-hmm. drop like two hundred dollars on uh like a wormwood deck box. Mm-hmm. Uh, the playmat you want to use, the dice you use, uh, the tokens you use. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much customization and room for expression in magic that a lot of people find it as a you know, a creative outlook uh, outlet just in itself.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was something that I had never even like dawned on me until I got into Legacy. Like when I was playing Standard, it the arts truly I could not care less what the arts were because I was going to play with this deck for three, maybe four, five months if I'm really lucky, um, and then it's all gone. So. Uh, yeah, having like the time to really acquire these, you know, more rare cards, and uh, select the arts that I like and whatnot was something that was new to me when I started with Legacy, and and I don't know if I could go back. I really like that that ability, you know.
2: I do appreciate that Wizards, and this is just like within the last three or four years, they started trying to fix that very problem I noticed mm-hmm. by the, not just like the showcase art cards that are in Standard now, but they started like reprinting cards from Magic's Pass into standard, so mm-hmm. I found myself and I don't play much standard, but um the few times I have, I was able to use like my old ops or my old spell pierces, whatever, and mm-hmm. like that was pretty cool, and you know yeah. now they're gonna have um this Viking set Caldheim or whatever coming out in the spring, yeah
0: like, yeah, so there was like a huge product announcement, and I have no idea what's going on for yeah, that. I need to catch up on
1: like <laughs> literally everything they have yeah uh vampires versus werewolves time spiral Two. killed call time which is like you said vikings themed yeah. but there are a bunch of spoilers where now they're coming out with a dungeons and dragons theme set which is kind of ironic because like magic in general is a bad dungeons and dragons themed game but it's just it's like uh just it's set. more
0: meta though now right <laughs> like it's it's way more meta like the the theme of the of the set
1: right like, yeah. So, I mean, honestly, I think it's all cool. I, I think totally. the, only, the only thing that kind of uh, gave me, like, happy step back was uh, Modern Horizons 2 because I have PTSD from Modern <laughs> Horizons 1.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm always looking forward to whatever next magic thing is coming out. But, <laughs> um, you know, Zendikar Rising cards, at least, you know, we're like only a couple of cards into preview so far, but they look cool. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I'm just hoping they keep putting old favorites into standard. Like, didn't they put a whole bunch of old favorites into a recent, Oh, corset corset had a whole bunch of stuff that people love from magic's past. So now, you know, people play standard, they can play with their older cards. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. There's something to be said for that. Like I, like I said, it's, um, so that, that's one of the reasons why I've found paper, paper magic, paper like webcam legacy to be so much more enjoyable than I thought it would be. I was kind of, uh, Kind of cold on the idea at first, but I've found that playing it like i guess i guess on the legacy pit once uh, I played for a night with them, and i've done it uh, a few times throughout discord and it's just it's it's a lot of fun man it's so much fun to play with your cards and and like like you said it's like the closest thing to going out to an l g s to me you know, you're talking to people you're playing competitive magic and you're having a good time
2: yeah for sure um i'll i'll have to schedule both of you to to come play on the channel again um, I would love that yeah and the the competitive magic part of it that is lost in you know pl- at least for paper playing on magic online and and playing webcam just against your friends like i think that's something that we just keep tapping into every week where people the people who enjoy depths versus delver sideboard guides they're enjoying mm-hmm. our show too <laughs> not just the arena fans you know cuz like we we're, we're we're giving them that show you know like we we're having yeah really intense matches with, with nothing's really on the line, but the bragging rights, are, it matters. Oh,
0: 100%. Yeah. yeah. People people bring it every week. You know they do. Yeah, for sure. I, I know these guys are
2: sweating it when they lose. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep. Yep.
2: Yeah. It's fun. I,
1: I'm excited to see the future. You know, I feel we were kind of in a, a bit of a slump, uh, you know.
0: I mean, after like Modern Horizons and what was the other one before that? Oh, uh, war of the spark? Yeah, war of the spark kicked us all in the nuts repeatedly. Like, yeah, that was terrible.
1: Yeah, it it's fun being excited about Magic
2: products again.
0: Yeah, totally. Totally.
2: Yeah, I I uh, yeah, go ahead, sorry.
0: No, no, go go ahead.
2: I was just going to say it, you know, still before all those sets, I was like excited even though we were um <laughs> maybe given power level that we didn't want or whatever whatever argument you mm-hmm. want to make. Um I Personally, don't lose much sleep about that stuff. But um, it's just like Modern Horizons. I think in years to come, we'll look back at Modern Horizons and be like, that was one of the coolest things they did, bringing Modern Horizons, Ooh. you know? I'm going to hard, <laughs> I'm <at a> hard <laughs> I'm disagree with that. that but... <laughs> I think so. I mean, think about it. They they just started like injecting both older cards from Legacy and new designs using old mechanics into Modern. Like, it's kind of... Something that uh, okay. changed the game a lot.
1: So you're, I think your, I think your argument to sum up, maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, but your argument to sum up is uh, Modern Horizons was the uh, the erza saga of our time.
2: <laughs> Let's put it this way: it, it started a new chapter in in Magic. It definitely like changed the game a lot, and in the long, long term, you know, when we're, when we're 20 years from now, it'll be for the better. Hmm. I think so. Interesting. When interesting when we're when we're you know, looking back at Magic's history and like, you know, you want to divide it up into different time periods, the time period before Modern Horizons and then after Modern Horizons will look like very different periods of time. And mm-hmm. I think we'll appreciate cards like Urza and, you know, it's the first Urza, the first moth, Like if you've been playing mm-hmm. for a long time, it's hard to be excited about it maybe today, but it's pretty exciting. <laughs> <laughs> At least for me, maybe I, I speak for myself. <laughs> it's it's it the
0: um the pushed card design I think has been not super great. I think for all formats personally, but I mean it is what it is. Like we all know how the plethora of bannings we've seen from 2019 to now it's been it's been kind of unprecedented, honestly. Like yeah, we're seeing sure. ba- you know basically every ban window cards are getting banned in multiple formats. So um. It's been difficult to watch and be a part of to an extent, uh, especially in a format where we're all kind of uh, slow to change and resistant to, to new things and, and whatnot. But um, I hope, you know, one of the things I think Wizards is good at, uh, thankfully, is uh, is learning from mistakes. And I think that if they're not making mistakes, they're not going to be making a game that's worth us investing in and, and that we're going to find interesting. So... You know, we, we grumble about the mistakes and we, we bitch and moan about them, but it, it, in the end, it's it they're probably like you said. I think they're they're good for the game overall. So you, so I can see where you're coming from on that. Um, it's just the process can be extremely painful, and it, it's you feel like you're kind of banging your head against the wall for a long time when when it takes months and months for them to sort out you know the mess that they created when when you know Modern Horizons got, came into the format it, it was 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 uh, was difficult. But I understand what you're saying with that.
2: Yeah, I mean. Back in the '90s, there there were people playing standard with like memory jar, <laughs> you know that things 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 were a bit rough uh, if you were trying mm. to have like a fair game of Magic back then. Um, mm-hmm. And I think with the you know arena, it, arena's still new. It's how long has it been out of beta? Maybe a year? Is it even well? A year?
0: We we first played so we played the beta back in 2017, and it's been in. Uh,
1: no, I think that was actually the alpha, Pat.
0: So, okay, sorry, sorry. The, the end, only the, the only
1: reason why I still have my my Magic Arena account is because it's one of the oldest Magic Arena accounts of all, and I oh, just nice. plan on selling it for big bucks ten years down the line.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that, that that that's a good plan. <laughs> Maybe I should. That. <laughs> um, but uh, what was I going to say? Oh, like I bet you th- there were there were meetings where they were like, "All right, we're going to have this Arena thing come out. It's going to." it's going to explode the popularity of our game, which it has as far as I know, and the the paper cards the the, the modern and legacy people that are with us for a long time, let it rip, give, give them a whole bunch of new cards that they'll they'll hate for a while, and then later on they'll be nostalgic about like all arcbound ravager and memory Dark. Mm-hmm. you know now somebody resolves a skull rack and they get a, a round of applause, you know um, <laughs> I don't know. I love magic. <laughs>
0: I do, too. I mean, that's that's one of the reasons why we're all so passionate about it, right? Like, yeah. we wouldn't find things to complain about if we didn't care, uh, at least to a certain amount, you know, at least to a pretty good extent about the game itself oh, and, of and course, what we of feel is, is right for it. So, yeah. you know, I think all that stuff comes from a generally from a place of love. Absolutely. Unless you're on the free magic subreddit. so
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, so speaking of the future of magic, do we want to talk about the just hodgepodge of spoilers that came out? Like, was there a press release or something? Like, where did all of this stuff come from today?
0: To be honest, I couldn't, well, so, alright, so I've done, I'll, I'll make this announcement now. I cl- I logged out of my, my personal Twitter account, which is where I was able to keep track of most of this, the new stuff that comes out. I still run the LAL page, but, like, I found the personal Twitter account was just getting, um, I was seeing too much stuff from people I follow that was just, like, uh, just, like, bad for my brain space. Uh, I was just <laughs> Basically, hot garbage. So, um, I actually don't really know what's come out. I saw a little bit on 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 uh, on the uh, subreddits and whatnot, but uh, we can talk about it if you want. I'm, I'm, you'd have to walk me through some of them, though.
1: Oh, I think you're fine. I mean, I'm, the majority of them are reprints. It's just it looks like so. Wizards announced there must have been a press release or something, but Wizards announced the sets coming out for 2021. And then it looks like they like gave previews from every set for the next year. So oh, wow. yeah, they had
2: a long live stream where they—I didn't watch it. I was—I wasn't around. Oh, okay. But, um, they previewed a whole bunch of products and a whole bunch of new cards.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at the. Uh, whoa. Oh yeah, I see. So there's okay. So I'm looking at the uh, Mythic spoiler. They had court They had. Uh, sorry, I guess this is Zendikar Rising uh, spoilers. And did you see that they're making an ancient tomb? Uh, there's some, they're making expeditions again, and Ancient Tomb, Misty Rainforest, Aired Mesa, I guess all the, all the, uh, well, oh, these are all the fetches are in this, whoa, that's why, okay, I haven't, <laughs> sorry, I haven't seen any of these, but all the fetches are in this, uh, as well as Cavernous Souls, Prismatic, Prismatic Vista, Wastelands in there. and, uh, Ancient Tomb.
1: Yeah, the uh so basically they're bringing back expeditions and this is the most stacked expedition list I think we've
0: gotten. Dude, all literally all of the the yeah, fetches.
1: All, all 10 fetches, uh also the uh the uh, buddy dual lands. So like Copper Line Gorge, Razor Ver- Verge Thicket, which isn't really big for uh legacy players, but those yep. are uh like value for commander oh, players. Commander wait- players love those, so they're super expensive. Too. Wasteland? The
2: Battle Bond Lander Yeah, the, the, for Commander.
1: Yep. The, the Wasteland's gorgeous.
0: It
2: Love really is. Wasteland. It really uh. is. Actually,
1: I'll oh. correct myself. All 11 fetches, because Prismatic Vista is also being printed. Yep, in it. Vista's
0: in there. <laughs> Cavern of Souls. Um, uh, the Wasteland and Ancient Tomb are done by the same artist as well. Adam Paquette, which is pretty sweet. Yeah, these kind are, uh, are uh, these that are Ancient tomb dope is dope for dope. Expeditions. Yeah, they look cool. I like the uh I like the frames they look pretty neat. I don't think uh Rich is going to be too happy cuz they're asymmetrical, but
1: they are <laughs> asymmetrical. Uh I would rank these not as good as the original Expeditions, but way better than the Amunkat expedition. Well,
0: I mean they really give you more artwork, right? Which is nice. They do, which That's is That's a nice, nice change. I do,
1: and I do like that it's full art and it's like uh like a tra- uh, transparent uh, text box. Mm, same. I I'll, I I want to give I give these uh, expeditions a solid A minus only because I I'm not the biggest fan of the asymmetricals.
0: Uh, that's border.
2: fair. Yeah that's fair. Man, I thought they looked really cool.
0: Ruin crab. Is this a better hedron crab they just printed? No,
1: it's actually a worse hedron
2: crab.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Because this one is only your opponent, whereas hedron oh, crab right, right, right. allowed you to target. But. Our friend Eric now Eric's Crab Shack is going to be a T1 deck pat.
0: <laughs> oh geez, yeah, that's going to be awesome. I can't wait for him to to, uh, to stream that. That's great. Eight eight
1: crab here we come. Uh, Mill is a uh, official keyword. Not even any reminder to. Te- or actually, no, there is reminder text, but uh, Mill is an official keybo- keyword. Mm-hmm. Um, this. So this one's Zenikar. The other thing uh, is. Did you see the spoilers from the D and D set? Where... Well so
0: in this in this set there is uh like a Dungeons and Dragons themed card. In uh spoils of adventure, did you see that?
1: In card it's, it's one... Rising?
0: Yeah, it's one of the multicolored cards. It's four white blue, it's an instant. This spell costs one less to cast for each creature in your party. Your party consists of up to one of each uh cleric, rogue, warrior, and wizard, and it says you gain three life and draw three cards. This is interesting. Uh yeah, this is definitely like this is definitely a Dungeons and Dragons kind of flavored card. I don't really know what the party mechanic is. Um I I assume they so kind of talked about it on the stream.
1: It's it's kind of like the Tarmogoyf effect. So a party is a cleric, rogue, warrior, and wizard, and different cards have different effects depending on how many members of your party you have because that's like the classic four-person D&D party is a cleric, rogue, warrior,
0: and wizard. Right, but what I guess what I'm saying is, how do you determine what's your... Is that is that like creatures you control, basically?
1: Yeah, like cre- like cre- like it has a creature-type warrior or a creature-type
0: wizard. So so your party is considered whatever creatures you have on the battlefield?
1: Yeah, so for example, one of the cards they spoiled uh, is the name as soon as I can get it to load. Is that the one face- that
0: has all It's a green card, right? Yep. Uh oh! So it's probably t- tajiru, yeah, I found Paragon.
1: It yeah, t- tajiru Paragon. Yeah, Tajiru Paragon. It's a it's an elf, but it's also a cleric, rogue, warrior, and wizard.
0: Right. Interesting. It's one in a green for a three two, which is like pretty good rate, honestly. Yeah, and you get to you can kick it too, which is interesting, I guess. Um, huh. Ooh,
1: I just noticed this Jace. They have planeswalkers with kickers. Yes. yes. Is this to line up because they came out with the Jace kicks? Is that <laughs> why?
0: <laughs> oh, maybe it's possible.
1: So yeah, that was the other news I saw today. Is did you see they're coming out with? Uh,
0: well, they they already they're already out. They sold out, within, out. Yeah, they sold out within an hour.
1: Within an hour, Jace themed uh, sneakers.
0: Yeah, they which were pretty Pat, fugly. Pat thinks they're ugly. They I are. think
1: they're I think they look sweet. I tried and... to buy a pair
0: just so I could just so I could flip them for extra money, but they were already sold out.
1: They glow in the dark, Pat.
0: They glow. In oh, it's even worse. <laughs> what are you five? <laughs> My five-year-old doesn't even want glow-in-the-dark shoes anymore.
1: <laughs> Yo, it's a safety concern, man. There are fat,
2: speedy drivers out yeah, right so there are looking where they're going.
1: Uh, what what, what <sighs> What's your take on this, Chris?
2: On the sneakers? Uh, I mean, I,
1: well, <laughs> yeah, the important stuff. General, the sneakers, just in general.
2: Uh, I mean, the, the sneakers. I don't know. I didn't buy them, but uh, <laughs> the zendercar Rising cars look pretty cool. I do think the party mechanic is fun. I don't think it's relevant mm. for legacy. At least not right now. Maybe my rogue will be True Name, my wizard will be Delver. <laughs> I got to figure out I, the rest. But <laughs> I
1: think I think it's something that could be easily broken though cuz they have the uh changelings that are like one black for a changeling, one blue for a changeling, oh, a so it's yeah, a maybe. It's a very easy mechanic to turn on, so if they make like a Ancestral Recall, only play this if you have a full party or something like that. The only payoff
0: spell right now is that we know of is Spoils of Adventure, right? Which is at best, it's going to be well, I guess it would be white blue-white, or white-blue for gain-three-life, draw-three cards. Actually, that's pretty good. That's basically Healing Salve and Ancestral Recall combined, right?
1: Yeah, the downside is you have to have Healing Salve with it, but... (laughs) Right. (laughs) <laughs> true true but yeah like if if they make some powerful payoff cards like That's it's a ver- act, it's a what? very easy mechanic
0: to pull all off. right now i got to say i have a lot of appreciation for that card now because literally healing salve like there was you know the cycle of cards healing salve uh dark ritual lightning bolts ancestral recall somehow those are all in the same uh uh you know, giant growth, those are all in the same plane yeah. of existence in, in the in the designer's eyes. Um but it's really cool that when you have those when you have the full D and D party, you get you get to have a healing salve uh you know taped on to a uh, to an ancestral recall. That is really cool. I I I like that card a lot actually. Just just the design
2: of it. It's really cool. It is really cool. What do you guys think of the the flippy lands?
0: The flippy lands.
1: I think they're cool. Someone was uh, speaking earlier that it, it could be a cool tool for Charbelcher because when you're flipping it in your deck, it's, an, it's a spell, but you can play it as a mana source. Mm,
2: yeah.
0: Wait. Well, hold on. Wait. wait, wait, wait. What
1: yeah, are, so what's there's, going on with these? So there's these cards that you can either play them as an instant or play them as a land and you declare what you're playing it as
2: as you play it. Oh, no. I meant the duels. The duels
1: that
0: are like The that. duels. Yeah. What are these? Wait. The duels? What? Yeah.
2: So there's duels that are like one side is red, one side is blue. Blue or do you
0: get to pick which side you put down yes is a zendikar yeah yes. so jerry go down just below the multicolored they have all these you know uh river glide pathway bright path bright climb pathway all these pathways if you oh. play on like river glide you can play it as either an basically and as an island or a mountain whoa you know How what's cool these- about this is that it's fetchable with uh prismatic vista
1: is it, though? Oh, with Prismat. Well, no, I don't not, know. It not, might not-
0: they don't have types. Oh, I guess they're not basics, right? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm They're not yeah.
1: basic. Can they be fetched with regular fetches? Because it just says land.
2: Right. It doesn't have,
1: like, land, mountain, land, island. Can you even right. fetch these with regular fetches?
2: I don't believe so. I think you could only get these with, like, uh, crop rotation or something like that oh uh, that's too
1: bad if these were fetchable that could be like an actual real answer to dual lands in in legacy like that would probably be the best budget dual land you could ask for these are still really about, this is still sorry. really neat though yeah
0: yeah let go ahead
2: no i was gonna ask your opinion on uh, i want to get the name of the card right conundrum a blue card it's a blue one confusing conundrum i'm probably punting oh yeah Con- right now.
0: confounding conundrum
2: yes what do you yeah, think so of that it's card? One in
0: a, oh, oh, yeah. I, I saw this card briefly. So it's one in a blue for an enchantment. When Confounding Conundrum enters the battlefield, draw a card. So it's got that... that uh, uh Cantrip. Jerry, what am I thinking of? What's that? Cantrip. Cantrip. Yes, got the cantrip. Effect. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, whenever a land enters the battlefield under an opponent's control, if that player had another land to enter the battlefield under their control this turn, they return a land they control to its owner's hand. That's interesting.
1: So people are saying this is Fetchland Tate, which it sort of
0: is. I mean, it is, right?
1: Yeah, but you can always just crack your fetches on your opponent's turn. That is yeah, kind of I
2: suppose. Like a pretty big disadvantage, though, right? In, at least in most legacy games. And also, it's pretty cool with Ghost Quarter, too. Because you can like mm. hit their that is... snow-covered islands, and they, got, they can't even replace it yet.
0: That's really yep. interesting. It
1: seems um, someone else mentioned it combos really well with a uh, parallax wave because they all they phase out and then they phase back in. And the F- they all, return they all get bounced. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, this is so, whenever a land enters the battlefield. Do they enter together or do they enter one at a time with parallax wave?
1: Uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to bounce all but one. Is it
0: all but one or is it just bounce
1: one? I think it's bounce all but one. I mean, we they we'll get stacked in you.
0: parallax? or they come in one at a time in parallax wave. I thought they just all. I, I don't know. Uh, can, consult Good. your
1: local judge.
0: Yeah, yeah. Ask your <laughs> judge. I guess. That's. Oh man, this is. I don't know if I like that card. <laughs> That's. I, uh,
1: yeah, I, I it's think those it'll one, be, it's those
0: one-sided hate cards. I really am not a big fan of.
1: I don't think it's powerful enough to just be a regular hate card. Like I think if you're if you're afraid of lands. Like, I think this definitely screws over land's deck, obviously. So if you want to run hate for lands, and then if you have, like, a sweet combo with it, I think it's useful. But I don't see myself playing this as just a card to play. Like, I don't think it's powerful enough on its own.
0: You don't think that you would like this as a card, like, against, like, a Delver deck where they can't, like, it, like it's basically just anti-tempo for them? Every time they try to, you know, like, they can't use the mana the turn they, they play the they play the fetch land?
1: Yeah, but you're playing this on turn two at the earliest, so mm-hmm. like they have a Delver in play already, and they flip it. Like, like are you really gonna play this instead of answering their Delver? Mm-hmm. Like it, like I just feel it itself is too slow of a tempo. Like I just don't think it. I don't get me wrong. Like I think I think it's cool, and it'll definitely have some uses. I just don't think it's good enough just in a vacuum by itself against mm-hmm. fetchlands. Okay, because I think it's just it's just too easy to play around it.
0: Interesting. Yeah, this is really cool. I, this set looks neat so far. I mean, we haven't seen a ton of it, but it's pretty uh, cool. Also, it allows
1: players to choose. So like even say I like need the mana and I like I brainstorm play a f- uh uh f- like crack a fetch mm-hmm. to actually use it. I can still tap that mana. Right. Cuz I get to just choose to return the tapped land to my hand. Sure. It's just yeah. That's, yeah. True.
0: that's true.
1: Oh. It's interesting. Know what this is actually <laughs> No, what this is really good with
2: Exploration Stasis. I'm
1: bringing back Turbo
2: Stasis. I gotta look that card up. I don't know what that is.
1: Uh, Well, it's two separate cards. So, Stasis is permanent stone. Oh, yeah,
2: I know Stasis. Okay, my bad. I thought you were talking about a card that I didn't know. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: So, (laughs) Stasis and then Exploration. So, like Turbo Stasis. Yeah. The game plan was always just to basically play more lands than you could uh, use. So you can continually play uh, Stasis, and this actually is a way for you to return lands back to your hand that are not going to untap.
2: Uh, well, this new card only works on opponents, right? Or
1: oh, yeah, never mind. Yeah. All right, dreams and dreams and ashes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, it's, huh. it's it's just a hate card. It's interesting though, because I, I was in a group chat earlier today, and someone I forgot who mentioned like. Your opponent go so you you draw your seven. You have two fetches and whatever other cards are in your deck, non lands. And they go mox diamond land. Play this card, pass. And you're just like, oh god, <laughs> you know <laughs> what happens now? I don't yep. know. It's interesting. It's really interesting. It's an interesting card.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I do really like this Jace Mirror Mage, by the way. I was taking a look at this. All right, let's talk about it. Do you
2: think that's playable?
1: I don't know. Okay. I, I think it's a super cool concept, and I think flavor-wise it's super cool. I don't know if it's playable. But it is one blue blue for a four loyalty planeswalker, and that's usually a recipe for greatness.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: And- um, so, so one blue blue for loyalty. Kicker two, if you kick it, it comes into play with a copy of it, except its starting loyalty is one.
0: Uh, so you're
1: getting two planeswalkers for the price of one.
0: I that's, guess, like, uh, yeah, uh, I don't that's, know. That's a weird
2: ability. Yeah,
1: but it is, but like late game, so it's plus one and Scry two. That's eh.
0: Terrible. That's terrible. Don't say eh. That's a that's bad. Scry it's two, not bad. Scry no, two if, is like, not a powerful a plus, effect.
1: On uh, d- a right, three no, minute card, okay. You, you're wrong about that. Scry two is a powerful.
0: Sorry, event. on a three mana card it's not that it doesn't seem that great.
1: So but it's a plus ability, so it's plus one scry two. Sure. Like on any. But there's other, no ultimate any-
0: but there's no ultimate, so plus so plusing this is just is is really uh, like whatever, right? Like there's no yeah. ultimate on this card, so plusing it is whatever.
1: Yeah. Uh, anyways, and then it's zero is draw a card and reveal it. Remove a number of loyalty counters equal to that card's converted mana cost from Jace Mirror
0: So you can play this for three blue, blue get two jaces and get two draws off it. Draw two cards, basically, and maybe keep both jaces.
2: Yeah, if you draw land off the top.
0: Yeah. Eh.
2: I don't. I, eh. I honestly have no idea if that card is good or just unplayable in Legacy. It'll probably be playable. Yeah, in yeah. Else, I'm sure
0: it's it. playable in Standard. I.
2: Yeah.
0: I don't. Um. I I think it's I think it's good. I just
1: think at Legacy, the competition for the three mana Planeswalker slot is so high right now that it's just not going to see play.
0: Like, yeah. Like, if, is this better than Oko? No. Right No, And it, it, really
1: what it comes down to is this better than Narset and Narset only sees minimal play.
0: Yeah, it's like it's a sideboard card at best, usually.
1: Yeah, this is probably not better than Narset, and if Narset barely sees play, then I don't think this will see play.
0: Yeah, I, I just, I think that if you're going to spend five mana, you can do something much better than get two Planeswalkers that have, I mean, I, I get what you're saying with Scry 2 being, being. I, I'm not saying it's not powerful, I'm just saying it's not worth three mana, That that's like the best ability on a three mana card, it costs you three mana and a card to Scry 2, that's not where I want to be.
2: I think even Ashiok
0: is better than this. Yeah, yeah, true. It's neat. I, I like the I like the flavor of the card. I like making like a like Jace makes like himself a duplicate that is much weaker than himself. That's kind of neat. But um, yeah, I don't think it's I don't know. But, but I, I mean, I've been wrong before, so I could be wrong. But there could be uh, some there could be some kind of interaction where like you're such an idiot, you're missing this <laughs> and this. But I don't know. Can we talk about this Nissa? This Nissa seems like it could get out of hand. Okay.
1: So Nyssa two Black Green. So interesting that Nissa's going evil. Yep. Well, Black uh, isn't
0: necessarily evil, but yeah.
1: All right. True, true, true. Um, landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, put a loyalty counter on Nyssa. Yeah,
0: I'm very like, cool. This gets, this gets big <laughs> fast, right? Like you play Nissa, then play your fifth it land. Comes, your, it comes into fifth...
1: play with four loyalty counters. Right. So you
0: play this card and then you play your fifth land and then fetch it. It's at six that's pretty right good.
1: which which allows you to ult it the turn it comes into play Correct. and still live right and uh so it's alt minus five you may put a creature card with convert a mana cost less than or equal to the number of lands you control onto the battlefield from your hand or graveyard yeah that's a
0: big deal hey, land or, uh, with, hand or graveyard is pretty cool
1: with two plus one plus one counters on
0: it yeah that's pretty <laughs> neat
1: uh Uro would like to know your location. <laughs>
2: Wouldn't he just suck himself though?
1: <laughs> he would, but you still get the triggers off of oh, it, I see
0: and you, you get saying, more yeah. you get more lands coming in, right? Yeah. And then so Nissa gets even bigger.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's so, so true. Like,
2: yeah.
1: And then it's plus one untapped target lands you control. You may you may have it become a three three elemental creature with haste and menace until end of turn to still land. So it's ramp, and it doesn't protect itself, but it is a clock that can win the game.
0: Mm, that's pretty interesting, actually.
2: Maybe this is cool in, like, a bug control list. You could get back Snapcasters and um, stuff like that. Value creatures. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great,
0: actually, huh?
1: I mean, being a four-mana black-green Planeswalker severely limits the decks that this can go in. Mm. But I do think this is a powerful enough effect that people are going to try it. Like, Mm -hmm. I am not going to be surprised six months from now when I play against Nick Fit and they play this card against (laughs) me. (laughs) (laughs)
2: That's so true. What is Nick Fit not doing?
1: True, 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 true. But um, like I could even see like a uh, a like almost reanimator value deck kind of go for this. Um, kind of in the vein of uh, not not hogak necessarily, but more of just like a value engine reanimator deck instead of your traditional like go balls to the wall fast reanimator combo mm-hmm. deck.
2: Yeah, something mm-hmm. that runs like fiend artisan and ramanap excavator and all those kind of cards.
1: Yeah, just like just graveyard value, just grind you out style.
2: I like that. Maybe it's time for uh, Maverick to have a planeswalker in the list. Or do they? <laughs> do they? Have, do they have planeswalkers? I forgot.
1: Yeah, I don't think there's any good green white planeswalkers. Maybe. I don't know. There's just all the Johnnies that are kind of terrible.
2: <laughs> <laughs> What's up with a Johnny? Is a Johnny ever going to get uh, like a really good card that we can use in Legacy?
1: His his red white one was good for a while.
2: Oh, that's Johnny Vengeance. The first one. That was the yeah. first one, right?
1: Yeah, he was he was relevant for, like, the year he came out, and then... <laughs> oh, for Standard? <laughs> not even... I've i seen a Johnny Vengeance cast in Legacy a fair okay. number of times, and I'm still not surprised when I see him. Like, he still gets seen as, like, in the sideboard of, uh, like, Parfait decks, mm-hmm. and, you know, sometimes Burn will splash white. I don't know why they do this, but I have seen Burn players splash white, and they'll run, like, at a Johnny for a, a top-end, mm-hmm. like, go long type thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, those are cool. This is, um... We'll have to keep an eye on these cards, Jerry. Maybe we'll discuss them. If we have Gavin on uh, the week after next, maybe we can do a deep dive on uh, Zendikar Rising and uh, talk about the cards in it. See what they see, what kind of potential they have. For sure.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks so much for uh, coming on, Chris. This was uh, awesome having you.
2: It was awesome to be here. I was super excited to be on the podcast, so thanks for <laughs> inviting me.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, before we get out of here, do you have any shout-outs? Anyone you want to scoop in a top eight, as they say?
2: hmm well the people who have been tuning into our show have been awesome uh we're mm-hmm. we're a new show and uh we we already have fans and that feels so good so thank you to those people roland chang and phil blackman have been extremely helpful to me developing the show behind the scenes mm-hmm. and all the players who've played on the show everybody who's played on the show thank you to all them uh scoops for all of them for sure
0: awesome oh you're welcome what, what's your yeah. what's your uh <laughs> j- why don't you tell everyone your twitch uh your twitch uh, address
2: yeah, we're at twitch.tv/slash90sMTG. 90s MTG. We're also on Instagram, the YouTube channel. Uh, uh, a lot of people enjoy, and uh, on Twitter, we're on everything.
0: Awesome. Yeah. And and when are you guys broadcasting? It seems like it's it's per, it's a, quite a few nights a week actually.
2: Usually it's just Monday night and Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. We do okay. throw in some other nights there when we want to try. Uh, you know we. When we don't want the audience to vote, and we just want to force everybody to watch vintage for an evening, uh, that kind of thing. So you know, we mix it up a little bit. But yeah,
0: awesome, that's great, man. Well, keep keep it going, man. I love seeing uh, you know newer content creator. Well, oh, not new. Not I don't mean new as in you're new, but seeing these these kind of um, uh, you know new sort of forms of content coming out and like with a webcam uh like paper magic has been very very fun to watch and i think you guys do an awesome job the production value is very high and you guys have great guests i mean you know with the exception of jerry i think you've had really high quality people coming <laughs> on for the show and i think you've done an awesome job so
2: oh thank Kudos. you yeah and, and i and i am new to magic content creation and and the community has been very welcoming and it it feels really great honestly it, it's That's awesome. awesome
0: that is awesome that is awesome Um, Jerry anything you want to shout out before we uh, wrap up here
1: no I think that's pretty much it I'm just mad that uh, Zareth Sand the trickster is literally a ninja without ninjutsu like come on wizards (laughs) 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 it literally has ninjutsu written like it's just, it's missing the keyword ninjutsu.
0: Are you still trying to play blue-black ninjas in, in Legacy, Jerry? Why didn't they just make
1: him a ninja? <laughs> <laughs> He's literally an, it's like, oh, no. return and unblocked attacking. Oh, I guess it's specifically a rogue. That's why. It has to be a rogue. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. <sighs> Uh, but all right, I'll take it back, Zareth. You're just a bad card. You're not an uh, unfortunate card. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: awesome. All right, um, I'm gonna scoop in. Uh, well, I'll I'll just scoop in. Uh, I'll scoop in you, Chris. Thanks again for coming on this week, man. It was great to talk to you. Um, I love the success you guys are having with Nineties MDG I can't wait to see what you guys are doing next. And uh, and yeah, if Jerry and I can can work out a time, I'd love to come on. And we can uh, we can jam some games, with you guys. That'd be great.
2: Absolutely. Uh, well, I'll I'll keep in touch with you, and we'll set that up.
0: Sounds good, man. Awesome. Um, all right, yeah, I guess that's it. If you want to follow the show, we're at lelmtg on uh, Twitter. Uh, the stream is twitch.tv/leavingalegacy. Uh, you can, if you want to support the show directly, we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com/leavingalegacy. Remember that that Patreon is really what keeps our lights on here, so we really appreciate that. And um, and yeah, that's it. If you want to email the show, it's uh, leavingalegacymtg at hipstersacost.com. And as always, shout out to Justin. He is our audio tech, our sound engineer. Uh, I mean greatest beard on the East Coast for sure. And uh Jerry, did you know that he is uh like you know the song Tiny Dancer? He was the inspiration behind that song behind that song.
1: Really? Yeah. I I didn't know that. I didn't yep. know that. Yep. I learned something new about Justin every
0: episode. Oh, he's he's quite inspirational, so shout out to Justin. Thanks everyone for hanging out this week, and we'll catch you all next week. Bye!